Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. I, obviously, I'm at a little bit of a loss for words. I am, too. I don't know what to say right now. I mean, is, am I being punked or what? No, not punked. Who are you? My name's Chelsea. Um, I don't know. What do you want to know? Well, how come you've been pretending to be someone else? Um, it started off a few years ago, and the girl was messaging me all this crazy stuff on Facebook, and I made the Facebook to get revenge and it turned into something it really wasn't supposed to. So you, you've been pretending to be this guy yes. for how long now? Um, at least four years. With lots of different people? Plenty. Welcome back to Fraudsters. I'm Cena Gaznavi at CNL on all social media. And as always, I'm here with Justin Williams. Uh, and don't forget, folks, text us with all of your questions, your suggestions. If you've got something steamy and vulnerable that you want to share with us, text us. 412-285-1255 is the number to call. Today, I'm very excited about the show because we've got some buddies that are going to be joining us today. You know Hazel. She's going to be joining us as well as Marie Anderson, our wonderful producer and editor, and also one half of the Reformed Whores, one of the best musical comedy groups in the history of the genre. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Howdy. All right, so that intro that you heard was from Neve Shulman, the MTV host of the show Catfish, and he was Catfish. So why not take out your revenge and actually make a show where you crush people's dreams and realities and bring their fucking Catfish person right in front of their face to expose them? Which I feel like it's supposed. I think the the idea of the show was supposed to make the catfisher feel terrible, but I think at the end of the day, none of these catfishers feel bad ever. Really, every now and then, I think I, I've seen a bunch of these episodes. Really, though, it's the victim that's that's just crushed at the end of the day. Justin, have you ever seen any of this? Uh, I don't watch this show. If I want to watch uh, the people that we're supposed to be advocating for be humiliated, I'll just watch cheaters. Yes. <laughs> Where the guy is like, actually like, I like this woman more. Thanks for bringing a camera to catch this moment. Yeah. Oh, and remember no. that guy, the host of that show, got stabbed because he did a confrontation on a boat and he got on the guy's boat. He's like, 
Are you cheating on your wife? And the guy's like, and he stabs him with a fishing knife. Like, a, it was unreal. And he's like, uh, I have been stabbed. And he like had to get dragged back into his boat. I mean, I'd tell you, production nightmare for the producers of that show. Let me tell you. <laughs> it turns out you might get stabbed <laughs> if you run up on people when they're having an illicit affair. One time they ran up on this one guy and he was just like a pimp. And like, it's, <laughs> and it's like basically impossible for a pimp to cheat. He's like, I don't appreciate y'all interrupting my meal, girl. I trained you better than this. And it was like, oh, this episode is dark. Oh, my gosh. This is worse. Oh, God. Well, Neve aside, cheaters aside, we are going to be talking about catfishing today because this week is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Justin. Yes, happy Valentine's Day, Cena. Happy Valentine's Day, Hazel. Happy Valentine's Day, Marie. How you guys? Is good? Yeah, are you guys excited for it? Hell yeah. I love it. I eat all the candy and eat all the pizza and I watch all the horror movies. I love it. And cry. <laughs> this, that's, that seems like a wonderful time. And especially Stop in COVID, I know lot. it's really difficult for people to be with someone they care about or even someone they would just like to have sex with to not mm. feel so lonely. So, <laughs> I, 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 get how, yes. Yes, I get how difficult that is. I'm married. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> well, do you guys celebrate Valentine's? Yeah. You and Cosmo? Culturally, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're first-gen Americans, so we have to. But, like, you know, we, we do it. We, we have a good time. Justin, what about you? You celebrate it? Oh, yeah, I celebrate every year. I buy myself a new outfit on Etsy for the wife. Yeah. Um, yeah, I buy, you know, Aww. like, you know, like a mankini or something like that. I buy that mm. so she can really get a look at this body, especially now that <laughs> gyms have been closed for like 12 months in a row. That's This is going to be the very special Valentine's Day for her. Yeah. <laughs> a little banana hammock for you. That just oh, yeah. <laughs> absorbs into your body when you try to put it on. <laughs> Yeah, you can see everything. You know, I, I, you know, when I get hot for my wife on Valentine's Day, I wear an outfit to where if I posted it online, people would say, "That's so brave of you." <laughs> All right, so catfishing. So for those of you that don't know what catfishing is, I, I mean, don't worry about it. We're going to explain it in excruciating detail today. Catfishing is really. Just when you make a fake profile on social media or an online dating platform and develop a relationship with real people in order to exploit them in some way, most often that's for financial gain. Now, we hear about catfishing all the time. Now, there's a difference, right? Trolls always make fake accounts on the internet. This is different. This is someone that is making a fake account so they can build a relationship, have that trust get created between them and another person and making them think that there's someone completely different. So, Justin, we've jumped forward a century from last week when we talked about the institutional fraud at Freedman's Bank, and yet this topic shares with the race hustlers as a whole in that catfishing can be a form of affinity fraud. There's no greater affinity than love, Cena. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly right. And nothing makes you more vulnerable than being in love. Like... I love this show so much, so when people say nasty things, it hurts me so. Let me tell you something. I got an affinity for you. <laughs> <laughs> so who are the victims when it comes to catfishing? Well, you believe it or not, it's actually older people, and it's the lonely and less fortunate 
maybe the people that are less literate on social media or the internet, you're probably thinking, all I ever see online or on these terrible shows on MTV are young people getting catfished. And that does happen. But it's really important to remember one thing. Young people don't necessarily have the disposable income to blow on a stranger that they met online that just needs a quick 4K to finish their associate's degree and then, oh, baby, I come to your house and I cook and I clean and I fuck you. You know what I mean? That is not exactly <laughs> what we're dealing <laughs> with. Uh, wait, wait. Can you, can you tell us which accent that was so we know who to wait for the protest for? Yeah, contextualize. So we know which woke group is going to get in touch with us. <laughs> I was trying to make it ethnic yet ambiguous for this exact reason. So good luck, everyone, trying to pinpoint that one. This is going to be like the Miss Cleo episode. We're going to get a lot of complaints on that accent. Why are these white guys fucking making voices again? All right, let's just do a quick round robin here. Justin, you famously only have a Facebook account, much to the chagrin of our marketing team which is Hazel. Thanks for that. Uh, in our research, it seems like Facebook is the weapon of choice for many of these frauds. Uh, has anyone ever tried to catfish you, Justin? Absolutely not. Let me tell you something. Every day I wake up with 47 friend requests from super hot Eastern European chicks whose first act after being born was to friend request <laughs> me because I'm that sexy. Uh, and they like to communicate only through hyperlinks. So yes, I've never been, nobody's ever attempted catfish me. That's all authentic and a testament to me being a sex symbol. Yes, I would say you took the wind right out of my sails on that one. I think we both get the same, same Eastern European brides that want to come over. Hazel, you mentioned uh, having used Hinge uh, before right. the pandemic. Have you been catfished? Uh, no, I believe that love should be blind. So I actually only had photos of Jesus Christ on my profiles for the longest time. Oh, this one typical <laughs> Midwestern girl with the Jesus photos. Yeah, so that's all I got. Typical. That's all I got for you. Marie, uh, you know, have you been catfished? <laughs> have you, wait, wait a I minute. I feel like I catfished. Hold on. Have yeah. you catfished someone? Have you been a yeah. catfisher? <laughs> Dude, I feel like I just catfished somebody because I've been trying to date during COVID. And like, I, I, I have some beautiful pictures of myself. And then now I show up like a fucking troll. <laughs> no. Quarantine. I mean, I've gained like 10 pounds this year, which is fine. I feel good about it. I'm getting strong. Who cares? That's beside the point. But on this date I went on a couple weeks ago, I first thing I asked was like, do I look like my picture? Do I still look like my picture? And he said, yes. He's like, no, you look like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> well, that's what I feel like. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but also, like, a couple years ago, I mean, I was using a headshot from, like, 10 years before. And so then I feel like I would show up and the casting directors all would be like, um, this is not you. And I'm like, yes, yeah, <laughs> totally. So that I'm just, I'm catfishing just my life. Yeah, I'd say it's funny you say that because I've done a couple podcasts recently, and you know the promo image they've used was my headshot from like 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you're catfishing them. I am. <laughs> I've seen that. Do not look at the sunken in eyes that you see today. <laughs> Don't pay attention yeah. to that. A little makeup will fix that. All right, so. We love to get down to the nitty-gritty basics on our show, so we want to do a quick refresher on romance and the internet. 
Now, Justin and I are married, and Hazel is probably the most aggressively self-isolated young person in America. That's right. So, Marie, (laughs) we have asked you, as the resident active dater here, uh, can you break down kind of the history of dating and the internet and how they've come together? Well, according to pop culture, back in the day, no one dated for love. You courted people in search of money and status. This is what they have been trained for since birth. Which young ladies might succeed at securing a match? That more or less remained true in the U.S. until well into the 20th century. Why do you love him? Because he's handsome and pleasant to be with. And that's not enough. Because he'll be rich someday. And I'll be the finest lady in the county. Oh, Then the middle class appeared and women started getting some rights and stopped being called prostitutes for seeing men outside of their parents' houses and dating got a little more romantic, a little bit more scandalous. The 70s ushered in free love. People stopped going steady and started making out with strangers. In the 80s, people got a little bit more conservative again, but still, people started dating strangers on TV. They're the first three contestants on Perfect Match. And now, here's the star of the show, Greg Evans. Well, thank you. Wolf Whistlers is all. Thank you very much, everybody in the studio, and thank you, too, at home around the country. Welcome to Perfect Match. Number two, where men are concerned, what have you always wanted to do but never been game to try? I'd like to tie a man up and beat him with a big stick. (laughs) (laughs) And then, folks, the Internet is invented. It's electrifying. In the 90s, there's a technology explosion. Tamagotchi, texting, Nintendo 64, the World Wide Web. Tom Hanks sent Meg Ryan a bunch of emails. No one can tell you where a first date will lead. I have a good feeling about this. But Match.com has led to more dates, more relationships, and more marriages than any other site. Join today. Match.com is invented by a dude who couldn't figure out how to get women to join. Eventually, he figures out how to get women to join. We get past Y2K. Almost everyone is preparing for the worst. Potential Y2K computer crashes top the list. And online dating is taking off. Match.com, eHarmony, OkCupid, Tom from MySpace wants to be friends with everyone. And a robot named Mark Zuckerberg wants to rate hot girls at Harvard. By the tens, social media is a force that cannot be stopped. Smartphones are invented, and app-based online dating like Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, and Grindr brings online dating to young people. Now 30% of us adults are dating online, and actually it's probably more than that because of this damn pandemic. Because <laughs> how are you supposed to meet a potential romantic partner without going to work or through friends or social gatherings, church, nightlife, or whatever? <laughs> And we're back. Marie, thank you for that breakdown. How concise and beautifully spoken it was. All I can say is that now we are in a place where meeting people online is the norm now. While it's been great for many, it's also opened the door for fraudsters to take advantage of vulnerable people. Our first example of an evil catfisher is Ruben Sarpong. 
From 2016 to 2019, the 35-year-old New Jersey resident. All right, Justin, you hear that? One of your, one of yeah, you people. Yeah, represent. <laughs> Jersey in the house. <laughs> Along with a handful of co-conspirators, set up dating profiles on various dating websites. Plenty of fish. OurTime.com. Wait, I didn't know about OurTime. Is that like for musical buffs? Is that, is that OurTime? <laughs> <laughs> and Match.com. And he did this on a bunch of other sites as well. He was using a fake or stolen identities and posing as people in the U.S. military stationed overseas. Support the troops, y'all. You know, there we go. Sarpong connected with more than 30 people making up a variety of stories to convince them to send him and his associates money. One woman, simply referred to as Victim 5, because who the fuck wants their name in a criminal complaint about falling in love with a fraudster online? She believed that she was corresponding with a man in Florida who lived with his elderly father and was waiting on a windfall from an inheritance, mostly in gold. No word if Florida man is suing for defamation, by the way. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm fighting this war in Iraq, but my uncle Scrooge McDuck is getting ready to die. <laughs> for 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's hard lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. FX's new international spy thriller The Veil starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge. Inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Masterforce Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Masterforce tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. And he's got a whole bunch of gold coins, so many that he even bathes in them. He dives into them. I don't mean to tell no tales. Boo. (laughs) I think you meant, ooh. (laughs) After establishing a romantic connection with Victim 5 in February 2018, Sarpong convinced Victim 5 to send his associate, who he said was a lawyer in Ghana, a money order to pay court costs, airway bills, document fees, export fees, and taxes. Now, I think it's important to note here, Ghana was founded by lawyers, so maybe Victim 5 actually knew of Ghana's great legal history. Justin, am I right? Yeah, I think either that or he said, you know, I'm never going to give you up. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) We just... just 
That's just... That's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go, yeah. All right. Well, besides besides the fact that Justin just rickrolled our own show, victim five <laughs> indeed paid as requested. Do you know how much victim five paid? Three hundred thousand dollars. Let that sink in, folks. And that's why it's usually the adults, the elderly, the folks who are not necessarily computer literate or or social media literate that are falling for these things because they also have the disposable income. If you're sitting on a bunch of cash and you find love or you find someone that you connect with online, you're going to do anything for them. Kids, they're just going to get heartbroken. And then, you know, it's... It's sad, but it doesn't really cost them that much money. Maybe in therapy bills later, that can always happen. But according to the criminal complaint, another woman, referred to as simply victim number two, believes she was talking to a member of the military stationed in Syria. Sarpong and his associates told victim two that he had discovered $12 million worth of gold bars in an abandoned building, and he needed her help to pay for the shipping and handling costs to get the gold bars into the U.S. This is just the plot of the Spike Jones movie Three Kings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just keep hearing like an infomercial. It's like twelve ninety five shipping and handling. You could just get it so quickly. All you need is shipping and handling. I don't mean to make fun of people. You know, I, you know, we love victims and stuff. But I do like the logic of listen. I have four point seven billion dollars in gold here, but I don't have the twenty eight cents for a postage stamp to get this over <laughs> <Exactly>. there. <laughs> but he obviously said to her. You know, once the gold was stateside, he could repay her tenfold. And so victim two wires Sarpong $93,000. Oh, my God. He sends her a photo back of an Israeli diplomat she is supposed to meet at the Baltimore airport who is going to bring her, quote, two trunks with family treasure. This guy just fucking see coming to America or what? I just don't I don't understand the point. <laughs> Of all this, it's really sad. I saw like the bravery of wanting to get involved in this. If it's like, yeah, we're stealing all of this Syrian gold. Please meet the Israelis. It's like, I don't think I want to be anywhere near this. It sounds like this could pop off at any time. <laughs> exactly. You want a fucking drone strike on these two things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, trigger warning. This is going to get really dark and terrible now. Upon realizing that she had been hosed and that this diplomat was fictionalized, she kills herself. Oh, edit out all my. Every, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Edit out all that. Edit out all that stuff. <laughs> what are we gonna edit out? What are we gonna edit That's out, Justin? Fair. Like basically every edit? joke I made leading up to this. <laughs> Keep it all in. Oh, you didn't know. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Just I'll just be quiet for like the next two minutes on the recording. <laughs> Yo, but this is why we do this show. Because vulnerable people getting taken advantage of, they're trying to do something good, they're trying to help somebody, and then when they get hosed that much, the embarrassment and the shame that you feel can drive you to to kill yourself. And that is a fucking serious thing. And I I genuinely hope this never happens to anyone, and I hope that this show, you know, if you do fall in love online and you don't see the person's face, or they're putting a fucking memoji on their face when you FaceTime them, or they're doing some other weird shit, 
And don't send money, people. You know, send this to your parents. Send this to your grandparents. Send this to the to the hot aunt that was divorced and that's single that's sitting on a bunch of money right now. We need to like make sure that our communities are protected because otherwise, people could fucking die, and we we can't have that. And that that's what really. That's what really, like, I think motivates me, and that's what also helps us draw a very clear line of who is a piece of shit and who is not. And if you're this guy, Sarpong, I think you clearly are in the shithead category. And that's what we're trying to do. I think, this, I honestly, I'm not, I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but it's like my biggest problem in my life right now is determining who is an asshole. And I, I feel like so often... I'm I'm a nice guy and I find that I find the good in people too easily. But really some people are terrible. And I've been uh, defrauded by people that I thought were mentors or or teachers before and it's a terrible terrible feeling. And I just don't want that to happen to anyone else and I find that like figuring out especially with how much disinformation is out in the world today, it really is difficult to figure that out. So, we know this guy Sarpunk, total terrible person. Justin, I think that was two minutes. Yeah, you got to let me cool down. I came in a little <laughs> hot for somebody killing themselves after like the joke. So to let it cool off a little bit. So Sarpong here was primarily responsible for the money laundering aspect of this. And, and because he was based in the U.S., his bank account info was less suspicious. Okay, easy, right? If you have to send money to a foreign country... Uh, you're going to be a little suspicious. But if you're sending it to Jersey to Chase Bank, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And after receiving the funds to his account, he could then send 60% to other members of the crime ring operating out of Ghana. Throughout the scam operation, Sarpong regularly posted to social media photos of himself flaunting his wealth and at one point posing in a photo of himself holding wads of cash to his ear with the hashtag rich lifestyle. While he used social media to conduct the con, it would be his undoing as well. No shit. On September 4th, 2019, Sarpong was arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Conspiracy there is that he was organizing the fraud. Wire fraud, we all remember wire fraud. You just got to use a wire. The internet's got wires that connect everything, folks. That's it. That's how creative lawyers are. Welcome to America. Through the wire. I don't know the rest of the words. I don't even know what song you're singing. No, for, okay, remember uh, Through the Wire, uh, the Kanye West song? He sampled that from, I think it was like Patti LaBelle or somebody like that. Oh, right, yeah. I remember that one now. So unfortunately, because most of Sarpong's co-conspirators are based out of Ghana, they were able to avoid any major consequences. So one thing to keep in mind here is that we do have an extradition treaty with Ghana, and I looked into this a little bit here. We presumably could send an arrest warrant to the Ghana government. Their like district attorney equivalent could look at it, determine if there is an actual case there. It would get adjudicated to determine whether or not they would extradite these people or rather arrest them first and then extradite them to America. But think about it this way. If you're the New Jersey DA, you got a guaranteed win with basically the the head of this ring, Sarpong. Do you really want to put forth the resources to maybe extradite guys from Ghana? Probably not. So you take the win and you keep moving. And that's what's kind of sad here a little bit is that you do get the win or you get one bad guy off the board, but, you know, eight more are still out there 
running the same thing, and someone else is going to be the next Sarpong. If he doesn't do it, someone else is going to do it. Yeah. All right, so that was our one. And I think we've really, we've really brought the joy to this Valentine's Day episode for our fans here, so you're welcome. <laughs> we want to do another one here, and this next one started out with one person reaching out to the FBI and ended with 80 people being charged with various frauds. Most of these people were Nigerian nationals who used dating sites to defraud their victims. This case was huge. The victims here were mostly seniors and were defrauded out of $6 million. And there was an attempted theft of an additional $40 million. So basically, it's a huge crime ring that worked in groups. One group was in charge of getting clean bank accounts and the actual money laundering process. Another group was in charge of finding victims and trying to extort them. Then they would work together to get the money out of the country. It's like the teamwork here to be terrible is amazing. One victim mentioned the court documents and they were referred to as FK. (laughs) (laughs) No joke there. It speaks for itself. FK believed that she started a relationship with a U.S. Army captain stationed in Syria who she met online through an international social networking site for digital pen pals. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O C-O. Their initial correspondence grew into an internet romance over 10 months of daily emails. Her relationship began in March 2016 with an innocent email from someone named Captain Terry Garcia. <laughs> I just, 
I'm sorry, that's like the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life, but it's fine. I'm sorry to all the Terry Garcias out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Terry Garcia turned out to be actually one of these conspirators. Soon, Garcia made romantic overtures, and he told her they couldn't talk on the phone because he wasn't allowed to use one in Syria. A stream of emails went back and forth with her using Google to translate his English into Japanese. Oof. A month into the relationship, Garcia told her he'd found a bag of diamonds in Syria, and he began introducing her to his associates, starting with a Red Cross representative who told her Garcia had been injured but had given him the box. She then proceeded to make 35 to 40 payments. This is a huge number of payments, folks. Receiving as much as 10 to 15 emails a day directing her to send money to accounts in the U.S., Turkey, and the U.K. through Garcia's many associates. At one point, they even threatened to have her arrested if she stopped paying. This is how when you get in so deep, folks, it can be so difficult to get out. They copped to being frauds and told her she was now involved in their scheme and culpable. They also pulled a very Nexium-esque type of maneuver here where they threatened to tell the world her secrets that she had told them in confidence when she thought she was talking to her lover. If you remember the Nexium folks, we haven't done an episode, maybe season two, on how they financially defrauded folks. But Nexium would was the sex cult that would grab photos and have people send in, send their photos in as collateral to ensure that they stayed obedient to the group. I mean, this is some insidious shit, Justin. No, it's real awful because what it does is it, you know, it's it's twice the crime. And then it also adds shame and, and then it becomes extortion. You know, it's real bad. She ended up sending $200,000, some of which she borrowed from her sister, ex-husband, and friends to help Garcia smuggle diamonds out of Syria. This is all under duress. Based on their roles, the defendants were charged with a variety of crimes. Mail fraud, wire fraud, bank fraud, money laundering. Okay, so maybe those charges all sound pretty much the same, and I get it. They all kind of do sound the same. But the charges differ in the method in which they were using fraud. So, real quick, mail fraud is if Terry Garcia had received funds from FK under false pretenses in the form of a check in an envelope that was mailed. Hence, huh, mail fraud. And just like we said earlier, wire fraud goes through wires. Is there a telephone wire that you use to send the money? Bing, bang, boom. Wire fraud. Bank fraud, a little different. Technically, if you're putting funds that were illegally obtained through uh, wire or mail fraud in a bank, then according to the law, you're grifting that bank. Because the bank wants honest money. It wants money that you've honestly taken from poor people and vulnerable people. <laughs> not money that you've lied to them about. Yeah, these people want honest money. You know, like the bankers from Scarface. <laughs> so since that money was never yours to begin with, hence bank fraud, once you put it in the bank. Money laundering is basically the umbrella term for all of these types of ways to illegally pass money around. But Justin, what do you th- what, uh, you do? You tell me what you think money laundering is. Uh, so I, uh, sometimes I go to a lot of places that aren't real places. Like they are obviously fronts for other things. 
uh, that are used to launder the money. So if you go into a pet store and there's only one leash and the guy is surprised to see you come in there and he doesn't even ring you up for the leash, you just stare at each other in an uncomfortable silence until you walk out. That place is probably laundering money for some type of illegal activity. Uh, I would say for the dear florist that's been in the neighborhood and hasn't sold a single flower since 1975 and he's still open somehow in this era of gentrification, I would suspect that he's backed. Uh, oh, there's a there's a there's a gas station in Williamsburg where it only has one location. The street is named after it, and the owner drives a Bentley. There is only yep. one pump at this gas station. <laughs> My best guess would be that the, there would be money besides the gas business that's happening at that one pump gas station. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because um, in our place in Brooklyn, when I lived with my brother, he's a doctor and he would work like really long shifts. And he came home one day and we didn't have TP. So he went to the bodega across the street to get TP. And, you know, he didn't go to like the nice bodega, right? He went to like the one immediately across the street, which was uh, not the most well-stocked one. And he goes in there, he's in his scrubs, he gets toilet paper, you know, and this this place has like one one package of toilet paper and like some charcoal, right? That's it. That's all they got. So he comes back with the toilet paper. He's about to enter our building. He looks all disheveled because he's been working for 30 hours straight. A van pulls up, cops jump out, slam him up against the wall. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing in there? What the fuck are you doing in there? And he's got toilet paper. He's like, I was getting toilet paper. And <laughs> apparently that was a front for a drug operation. And they were just waiting for him. And my brother looked all fucked up from working so long. They oh. thought he was copping a fix. And so... <laughs> Oh, no. The poor guy had been like saving lives for the last three hours and then got slammed by the cops. I'm sorry. If you're listening, Doc, I'm, I love you. Oh, that was a good one. I think we all know what money laundering is now. So, but just both these cases are fucking wild, man. One thing does stand out to me, and it's that the internet fraudsters in both seem to have strong ties to West Africa. And I know after North Korea, African nations typically rank near the bottom of the list when it comes to internet access. Yet cybercrime, that is crime committed with a laptop and stuff, right, is rampant in places like Nigeria. And in Nigeria, they even have a name for these cybercrimes. It's the Yahoo Boy. And there's even a fucking song about it. That song is by Naira Marley and Zlatan Ibil, two young Nigerian musicians who in the song are poking fun at being themselves and being accused of being Yahoo boys. Firstly, it's, I mean, it's a banger. We were just all getting down to that. And secondly, the next day, they were actually both arrested on internet fraud charges. So Justin, you obviously know way more about West Africa than I do, given you wrote a book on it. What's the deal with Yahoo boys and why is cybercrime in West Africa more prevalent than elsewhere? 
Okay, so there's a lot of complex things here. Long story short, globalization, right? Globalization liberalizes markets and it allowed multinational corporations to have access to African economies after economic reforms. Part of the consequence of that was multinational telecommunications firms coming in and bringing in smartphone technology to African countries, which allowed people greater access to the internet, uh, but also access to banking. Decided that scamming was a viable way to exploit the ignorance of Westerners about Africa or exploit you know, large numbers of Westerners that have internet access that aren't necessarily trained in scamming. So that became a viable way for poor people to make it. So if you kind of go back to that track, the the Yahoo boy is kind of our equivalent to like the gangster rapper. Instead of bragging about oh. selling drugs and snitching on yourself, it's about being a criminal with cybercrime. In the context of Nigeria, it's also about the, you know, sort of the failure of the Nigerian state and the fact that Nigerian political elites are also seen as corrupt. So criminals are seen as morally corrupt, but they're seen as more part of like the general culture of corruption in the same way a drug dealer in the 1970s New York would also see city cops as part of their same corruption. Right. Like a, a reflection of, of what's going on in society at t- that time almost, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just Nigeria. It's spread to other West African countries as well. Once people found out that it was a viable pipeline, it's also about law enforcement in those countries. They're not really as concerned with cybercrime as they are with like more like immediate security concerns. Cause remember, most of the victims are Westerners. So it's, (laughs) so there's nobody advocating for them in those countries, right? The 419 scam is one of those like kind of signs of progress in a way, right? What's the 419 scam? The 419 scam is the it's in the Nigerian criminal code for fraud. Right. And that became the shorthand term for Internet scam. Some people say that, you know, it's a little bit of a controversial term because even though it's associated with Nigeria, uh, you'll get a lot of these emails actually from the Middle East as well. It's a global phenomenon. Right. But that's where the term originates because of the focus on Nigeria. Interesting. I, I didn't realize that that was uh, that's where that that term came from. That's super super terrible and cool at the same time. You know, the New York Times actually did a documentary about this. You know, one of those New York Times docs, those short docs that they do there, uh, and they did a piece on catfishing and ended up interviewing a self proclaimed Yahoo boy named Bolaji. Hi, Bolaji. Yeah. Okay. And how old are you? I'm thirty five. Thirty five. And what do you do for work? No, no employment. Honestly. Unemployed, okay. And um, do you do Yahoo? Yes. Okay. So tell me about the, the military scam. So where do you find the photos? How do you like find the photos to be a military person? You can get the photos anywhere. Okay. People get photos from a different site. Uh-huh. Facebook is more easier. Okay, so you just take their photos off Facebook? Yeah, they just take some photos. And then you create a new profile? Yeah, they want to create a new profile uh, with different names. And how do you find uh, clients? Yeah, when, when you're on Facebook. You search good groups. Yeah. You see a beautiful woman. You check their profile. But you look for a beautiful woman? Not really. Any woman. It may message thousands. Only few will respond. Five may comply. Okay. Out of the five, three may not have money. Two we have. Out of two, one may not be able to send money. Okay. But one will surely send. I see. Why is military so popular? When they say you're an American soldier, they know you could be anywhere. Could be here in Nigeria, could be here in Africa, could be in Afghanistan, could be in Syria. So they easily believe that. Do you ever feel guilty or do you feel sad that uh, you're tricking a woman? 
and taking their money sometimes? Feel guilty. Feel guilty, definitely. Yeah. But poverty will not make you feel the pain because you need the money. What's the most you ever made? Me? Yeah. 5,000. 5,000. Off one person? Yes. So, Justin, I guess the thing that I wanted to see here, Justin, is like, is poverty a form of justification to do something like this? I don't know. Justification is always tough. I don't think you can necessarily justify anything, but I think you can put people in their proper context. I think if you understand that Nigeria is a a country with explosive population growth, right? You're talking about a country that's well over 200 million people, which is now one of the largest concentrations of poverty on earth. Uh, if you knew people that were living in, uh, you know, like the, the slums of Lagos and things like that, you can certainly understand why people turn to criminal activity when there's not a, a legitimate economy that's employing enough people. Yeah, it's definitely something that adds context, but I don't think it becomes a mitigating factor though as well right it's like you know there's a crimes of passion you know you see your wife cheating on someone in bed and you kill both of them that's a crime of passion they actually don't make that as bad of a murder as if you premeditatedly planned the murder right so would you say that this is like a mitigating circumstance for uh this kind of a crime well yeah i mean that's the debate in nigeria right it's like the yahoo boy is looked down upon actually by large sectors of society because they're seen as illegitimate. They're seen as immoral. They're seen as street kids, right? That aren't doing things the right way in the same way that like in our economy and the post-industrial cities, the drug dealer has a certain context that they emerge out of, but that doesn't mean that they're like glorified by uh, society because, you know, the same rules of morality apply, you know? Yeah, I agree. Thanks for listening to this uh, special Fraudsters episode on romance fraud. From the whole Fraudsters team, we wish you a wonderful quarantine Valentine's Day. We emoji heart all of you. And thanks, as always, to Marie Anderson, our wonderful editor and producer, Hazel Bryan, our amazing producer, and Hannah Shaw, our newest team member and fantastic legal brain from my alma mater, New York Law School. She's our legal intern. She dived deep into these cases and broke them down impeccably well. Thank you. This has been a production of Zero Cool Media and Last Podcast Network. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O.